Are you ready for the next episode? All right, let's get into it. Hey, friends. We really need to be beacons of light right now, encouragers, praying, interceding. There's a lot of people who are broken, lost, hurt, just trying to make it. They're in survival mode. God doesn't desire that from us to be in survival mode. He wants us to have an abundant life, thriving, doing well, flourishing. I gotta tell you, in a way, with everything going on, I am excited. I am excited and I'm going to tell you why. There's a reel I caught, I believe it was on Instagram. And it was talking about SEER, S-E-E-R. It's a new vaccine. If you're familiar with prophecy at all, SEER is a type of prophet. Some prophets hear God and some prophets get visions from God. And I thought that was really interesting how this new vaccine, I guess they're all calling this pandemic, Daniel was more than a prophet because he was an outstanding seer who foresaw the mysteries of the end of the age. So there are seers in the Bible. So Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and the book of uh, Lamentations. See, the enemy cannot create anything, but he can mock it, he can pervert it, and he can imitate it. So having this new vaccine, S-E-E-R, it stands for something. Um, I'm going to have to make a part two. I cannot find the video right now. I'm sure it's circulating. I don't know if it's gone viral at this point. But, and I don't really want to perpetuate this video. I am not sharing this out of fear. What I'm saying is, it's not coincidence. Nothing is coincidental, okay? The enemy is after everybody. The enemy's job is to steal kill and destroy. And we say that all the time, but he is, he's for keeps. And then I saw another video with plans for 2030. And I've been following prophecy for the last three and a half years. Before that, I just, I didn't understand prophecy. I didn't understand Many things about the fivefold ministry that I understand now. And it took some maturing. It took some stepping out in faith in bold ways to really see outside of, I'm going to say, my little church bubble. Once I had decided that I was totally going to build my house on a solid rock, trust the Lord with everything, my provision, how to protect me, just a turnaround. It was a complete turnaround. 
I didn't know how to really live a life of trusting the Lord. I had so much support from, so I have a stepmother, a father and a mother who helped me when I was in a bind with my children. I had really created a destructive cycle and I didn't know it at the time. But when I was in trouble or overwhelmed with my kids, I would turn to them. But I was creating this space for my children to manipulate, start acting up if they wanted to go see their grandparents. And I started seeing, oh, I'm rewarding them by letting them go to their grandparents. And by the time I figured out this destructive cycle, in many ways, it was too late. So I caution you, especially single parents, in how you get your support. I caution you. I'm not saying don't use support, but I caution you in how you use it. Kids, by nature, are manipulative. Because they want what they want when they want it. We're, we're all born that way. We don't just wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to have some self-control. No. A lot of parents, and myself included, think our children are just going to learn by observing us. But the, what we don't realize sometimes is that they're not in our heads. We may think different things, but if we don't teach our children... They're not going to learn it. Living by example is one part of how someone learns. But we're talking children, not other adults. Other adults can be more astute to us and say, Oh, I recognize you do X, Y, Z. Children are not going to be able to do that. They don't have that reference point. I had parents that taught me and my sister pretty late in life. You know, it was easier for my mom to just clean up after us. It was quicker, faster. But then it came a point where she wanted us to do chores. And I remember the frustration she had at first because she didn't really sit there and teach us. She expected us to know how to clean by just watching how she does things. But that's not how we learn. I mean, certain things you might grab, but not everything. And especially if it appears, oh, I've seen my mom do this like this, I'll just do this. But maybe we missed a step because we didn't see her do every step. Several years ago, there was a YouTube video, and it was awesome. Dad asked his two kids, how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? They first said, grab bread and put peanut butter on it. So dad grabbed bread, like a loaf of bread in the bag still, and a jar of peanut butter, and literally put the jar over the loaf of bread. And so in that demonstration, his children realized, oh, no, you need to 
take the bread out of the bag, open the jar of peanut butter. I don't know if it was after the second or third attempt, but they went to go sit down and get a pencil and paper to try to figure out how to do the steps of making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was an awesome teachable moment. Awesome moment. How many times do we want to communicate how to do something and yet to the person who's never made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before and you're responsible for all the steps to make one, we have to learn how to communicate. We need to learn where does someone keep a butter knife in in their kitchen. Some people might have a, most people probably put them in a drawer, but maybe not everybody. Do you wipe off that knife and use it again? Or do you grab a separate knife to use the jelly so you don't contaminate the jelly? And do you have plates? Or are you putting your sandwich on a paper towel? Are your packets of peanut butter and jelly because you're camping? I mean, you can make peanut butter or jelly sandwich more than one way, right? When you start thinking about it. All these little steps that you need to include when you're talking about directions. And it just, that video really stuck with me. And when I'm in a jam, <laughs> yes, pun intended, um, when I'm in a situation where I need to clearly articulate directions, I think about that video. I think about, okay, pause. What are all the steps that you want the other person to understand? But going back to the video about 2030, I was excited about that because I've been following prophecy for the last three and a half, four years. And in one of many prophecies is a 10-year plan that leads up to 2030. And then 2030 is a marker for the next 10 years. And then after that, from 2040, there's another 10-year plan rolled out. And God is giving us strategies for those 10-year plans. But he's not telling everything all at once for many reasons. Each prophet gets a piece of the puzzle, and there's a reason for that. God doesn't hand out all his strategies all at once. One, we would be overwhelmed. Two, like in Matthew ten sixteen, it says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we've got to be non-threatening. Jesus knew he was sending his disciples in the midst of danger. He sends his disciples. We're his disciples. We are sheep. In John 10, 27-28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. There are many verses about sheep. Because... Jesus is our good shepherd. First Peter 2.25 For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Psalm 103 Know that the Lord himself is God, 
and he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Jeremiah 56 My people have become lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have made them turn aside on the mountains. They have gone along from the mountain to hill, and have forgotten their resting place. Luke twelve thirty two, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Hebrews thirteen twenty, Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. Matthew nine. 36. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. That's Jesus. Jesus recognized these people, the, the multitude didn't have a shepherd, and he had compassion on them. We are his sheep. So he sends us out into the world, but we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And this is how we trust him, by learning who he is, by reading his word. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, like it says in the word, really, God can turn it around right now. God calls those who hunger and thirst for righteousness blessed. It's in Matthew 5. Many of you heard of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you want God to turn it around, he'll turn it around. The question is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to turn your heart towards the Lord? Do you want him to shine his face upon you? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to hear from God and put him first, seek his kingdom first? Do you want to start choosing to love your neighbors, to be the Good Samaritan, even when it's inconvenient. See, we have to put down our ways, surrender to the Lord, admit that we were sinners, admit that we need a Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit wants to do the work in us and through us. God is seeking hearts of men. He wants to dwell with us in the cities. This is part of his plan that he wants to roll out. But it starts with 
us. If we don't trust God with how he's going to provide for us, if we don't put down what we want to do and say, Lord, I'm available, show me exactly where you want me to go, how you want me to serve, who you want me to love, really, what is he working with? I mean, I'm not going to limit God. I can't limit God. He would show you what you need to do. Some people he needs in the marketplace. So if you have a job, he might use you on your job to be a light, to be salt. Because we're called to be light and salt. Into you know, if you put your light on at home, you put it on a table. You put it on a shelf. You put it somewhere, it will give light to the whole room. You don't put it under the table or hide it under a bowl. We're supposed to let our light shine before others that they may see our good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. I just want to say thank you, listener. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I am excited to see what God is doing. He is teaching us so much if we only pay attention. For those of you that are interested in learning about more of the prophecies, just uh, put it in the comments or if you just want to put a heart, I'll know that means you want to connect. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I pray that you return and listen to more episodes. Share with your friends and loved ones that you think would benefit from this episode if you have any prayer requests if you have any thoughts comments or suggestions please reach out to prudentpeers at gmail.com you know how I do I love y'all I'm praying for y'all until we meet again deuces